What's up, After Buzzers? We're back here for episode eight of Cults and Extreme Beliefs. Tonight, we gathered different uh, survivors of these cults, had very interesting conversations. On this episode tonight, we're going to be breaking down those conversations, those revelations. And of course, you'll want to stick around for a special segment and our news updates. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. All right. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> Yet another episode. Back here for episode eight. I'm your host, Julia P. Bear. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with the lovely Taylor. How are you doing, Taylor Gates? I'm doing good. This was an interesting episode in that it was a lot different than kind of what we been saying. Right. It was, the, the structure was completely different, as I talked about on the top. We um, gathered everyone and kind of had to see what their commonalities were, where they differed on certain opinions and things of that nature. And it was really, really interesting. And I cannot wait to break this down. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be talking about just the notion of what is a cult? Um, you know, what is it, does it mean to be breaking their silence? And what is society's judgment on these cults? And people who join these cults, the false promises that happen when you are part of a cult, and survivor's guilt, and so much, so much more. So uh, let's dive in. Uh, tell me a little bit about your opinion overall as this episode, because again, it's very different from anything we've seen in the past. Yeah, as someone who's watched, you know, from beginning to end of the series or beginning until now, it felt a little bit repetitive. I feel like maybe A&E kind of wanted to draw more viewers in, and so they gave them little samples during this episode to hope, you know, more people would go back and want the full story. So I was, like, a little disappointed we did, didn't get that much new information. However, what I did really like is I liked the fact that they gathered everyone together. I thought, like, their interaction with each other was really interesting to see, and at times it was really kind of beautiful because they were very supportive of each other and you could tell that they shared all these commonalities even if their experiences were kind of different like since they both you know they'd all gone through this sort of traumatic event it was like really nice to see them kind of coming together and lifting each other up Right, I, I really agree, and it's true that throughout this series, we've learned that each cult is very specific in the way that they have their beliefs and have certain uh, things to do and not do, yet this overlying aspect of having something control your life and having all these false promises promise you a life that isn't true, uh, and this mind control is something they could all really relate to, because as much as we talk about it, uh, you and I, Taylor, have not been in a cult uh, and therefore, it's just, it, we cannot, we, as much as we try, we can't really fully relate. And it was kind of nice to see all these people in the same room, to see them discuss their different um, opinions and just their journey in general. Yeah. But I, I do agree. And on the flip side is that, yeah, it seemed a little bit superficial mm -hmm. in the sense where I wanted to dig deeper. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wanted to figure out, okay... I, I, we didn't need those flashbacks. This was a great episode, but then in this case, this should this should have been episode one when you're ga gathering everyone because it was very. They talked about what is a cult, um, what are these notions, and this seemed like an introductory episode, not I a agree. wraparound for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. What I want from like not a reunion episode necessarily, but you know to compare it to a reunion episode because we are bringing all these people together. Like, I want updates. I want... We had a few new-ish stories, new pieces of information, but I wanted to move forward. And like you said, I feel like we were kind of moving back and this felt like a little teaser for the rest of the series. 100%. And then you and I talked a little bit about this offline. Something that I've been missing throughout this whole 
season. And I, I can understand it with the previous episodes because within 40 to 45 minutes, there's so much to tell. So I, I kind of forgive it in that sense. But in this episode, I thought it was a missed opportunity because we always talk about them getting back up and them finally deciding to leave a cult. And how, what does it mean to transition into a regular life outside of a cult? And again, very surface level for me on this. And I really want to know. I even see this as like a scripted show maybe or or some kind of documentary. Yeah. We, we hear about these organizations that they're all, some of them are involved in organizations to help people lift themselves back up. But how does that happen? Because they're so, you have to relearn everything. Yeah, and we've got little tastes of that throughout, like, the specific cult episodes where we, like, really delved into one particular one. But I agree, that would have been cool to really kind of highlight their specific organizations, them helping other people adjust to life outside of these places. Right. Uh, One of the driving forces of this is uh, is Sarah, Mm because Sarah... um, was a recruiter for so many years that she's trying to make things right by, I guess you can reverse recruit in a way, mm-hmm. trying to find the people that she's brought inside the cult and try to receive, let them see the light and let them see that this was all wrong. And she's kind of making a wrong into a right, and that's really her driving force. And I thought that was very inspirational. I agree, and I like how they kind of differentiated with her like guilt versus just trying to do the right thing like she doesn't seem like like obviously she feels bad but she doesn't seem like she's just you know driven by this racked guilt which is good because it's like she was a victim in all of this too mm-hmm. she feels very empowered I feel like and she wants to just kind of rectify her actions by making a difference rather than like sort of just harping on it and living in this space like I like that she's moving on and using her experiences to kind of drive as a driving force yeah, I thought, and she was very interesting to me, especially within this panel, because we had uh, Romy, who is part of the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. we had Sammy with the 12 tribes, and Elijah with the Nation of Islam. All three of those people were born into those cults. She was the only one who joined Nexium when she was, um, I believe it was her late 20s or mid-30s or so. Mm-hmm. So she was, she was a fully grown woman, right? And yeah. she... So it was really interesting this to for them to remind us of that because we opened with Nexium. That was our first episode that we, you and I really both enjoyed. If you guys have not checked it out, out our breakdown of that, go make sure to check out the after show for the first mm-hmm. episode. It was really, really worth rewatching. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because it just reinforces that idea that she full on made this choice, whereas these other people kind of didn't and this was just their reality and it was interesting to see and be reminded of the fact that she's still really fresh out of this cult she hasn't even been out for a year she said it was like nine or ten months yeah and these other people have been out for longer than that you know for several years at least so that was a kind of interesting like differentiation between her and the other ones too is that she's still kind of a newbie not being on the inside of this cult anymore yeah she really is i think they said that sammy was it's been over decade and mm-hmm. she's been out uh you have elijah who's you know re- he remarried has uh, children of his own is really b- building a life for himself so yeah it was really interesting to see how that wound for her in a way is a lot fresher yet i and the opposite side i still feel that whether it's 10 months or 13 years like sammy their their journey just seems the same yeah and actually sammy said at one point she said I just because I'm, you know, I'm out of the cult, I don't feel free. And that yeah. really broke my heart. Did was that a surprising statement to you? Somewhat, but I understand how those wounds could still be there because that was her whole childhood and she went through I mean, 
her episode was one of the most heartbreaking for me. So I understand how you wouldn't be. I, I understand why you still have those scars and feel those echoes like with you still, especially because her family's still in. I think that's a huge thing for her. Like he, she was talking about how her little sister, she hasn't seen her in like 14 years and she tried to email her at one point. So it's like it never is really going away. Like she's still being reminded of it so often through these other things. Right. That's something that they all um, gathered around. It's like this notion of being shunned because it's it's when it comes to cults and you leaving a cult more than likely you're going to be shunned and they all could relate around that notion yeah. and even though we had uh, Sarah who doesn't have any family members per se she was saying that 12 people who were at her wedding which is such an intimate event no longer speak to her yeah. out of all the people there are 12 people it's a big number and so and she even seeing her get emotional with hearing Sammy's story about her little sister it's just they all really felt for each other and I really enjoyed at least seeing that support and towards the end of the episode, they actually talked about how they're going to be there, there for each other. Would you like to see anything more with them? Would you like to maybe potentially see a show of them going to help other cults and them interact? Do you think that th this community is a good support system for each other, or are they reminding each other of the past? I think it's a good support system. I mean, I feel like there's always going to be rough days, but the fact that they can rely on each other, and like you said earlier at the beginning of this episode, like they have this brotherhood and sisterhood that no one else can understand. And I feel like with Annie's show, like they've been given the beginning of this really, really cool, really, really important platform. And so if the network did decide to continue this with a show and everyone else would just, you know, keep getting more invested, more educated about it, um, I think that could be a really, really positive thing because they have the beginnings of this. Like I said, this platform, it would be great to see them continue that. Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be really something very, very positive. Um, another thing they all related towards is this notion of uh, having to start over. And the m one of the main reasons why they did, did not leave sooner is that they have this paralyzing fear, the fear of the unknown, uh, and they're deadly afraid to walk out the door. And again, this notion that people... And they talked about this a little bit about people how society has a judgmental view about cults and they think it's, you know, why would you be in the situation? This having these conversations really push this notion that it could happen to anybody. Yep. Whether you're born into it or not. Taylor, before watching this show, did you have any no any do you think any judgment per se about what cults were what people who were in cults were yeah uh, i mean i don't think i'd go as far as like some people in this episode how they have said that like that was so stupid like how could you ever do that but it's like it, it, some of part of you just doesn't understand and it's like it seems silly like their beliefs just seem so logically like silly you know what i mean cuz we were talking about I don't know, in some of the episodes, how Jesus was, like, flying into different dimensions or something. Like, all these really just kind of, you know, outlandish beliefs. So I was like, how could you possibly drawn into that? But, like, through this series, with all of the marketing they've gone through, with all of, like, the charisma of the leaders, it makes so much more sense now. And seeing these people look so normal, because they are normal people, mm -hmm. like... It can really happen to anybody. <laughs> it really can't. So, can, can is it safe to say that your opinion about cults or people part of cults has uh, shifted since you've seen this show? Yeah, definitely. Especially with some of the groups that did seem more harmless, um, 
like Sammy was talking about how everyone viewed the 12 tribes as like a friendly cult and Jehovah's Witnesses were like very soft-spoken and went door to door but seeing the more like cruel dark side of it there really is no you know safe or harmless cult exactly that's something that they pointed out that I thought was very important to point out what, what what are the warning signs? These people have gone through it and they have a lot of knowledge about this. What are the warning signs? And some of them were if you don't question the leader. If you don't question the leader, if the leader cannot do wrong, that's when you need to put things into perspective. Yeah, and the cult expert, if you have to sign a waiver, like if you're not allowed to talk about certain experiences, like that's kind of a red flag too, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, if you're shunned from your family, I think it's safe to say that's a red flag yeah, too. Yeah, I think it's all these red, and they were saying that this instinct that you have within you that things aren't right, don't go, don't turn another cheek, don't go the other side. If you see a red flag or you feel some something isn't right, that means that it is. Yeah, lean it's into not, that. Lean into it, it's not something to be afraid of. And, uh, and I mean, it's something to be afraid of, at least. I um, and actually, through watching this show, it made me remember that in church, uh, personally, I've heard actually pastors or preachers talk about how they sometimes conflict with their faith, and mm-hmm. faith is something that's always evolving. And that there are certain days that really you feel really entwined with it, and other days that you're kind of combating because you don't understand why certain things are being thrown your way, and. Um, and it's okay to have those doubts because that is part of faith. That's so true. So that made me realize, like, oh, okay. So then that means that that's because as there's some, there's this dialogue because it's this notion that it is okay to to be doubt, doubtful. That gives me more serenity that it's an okay thing. Yeah. Versus that, like, no, this is the law, the law, law of the land, and it's this way or the highway. That's a really really good point that I hadn't thought of, but that. That's a really good point you the ra- that you raised because I, I mean I grew up in the Catholic Church and I would you would have priests say like oh you know it's not always easy like there's going to be times when you're going to feel conflicted and not really have the best day like in terms of faith and belief and that is that is a sign of a healthy religion which is interesting which is also sort of counterintuitive like you wouldn't think that right religion would have like flaws so to speak like that but that's really true yeah i think it's this idea that it's okay to question these things it's okay to have these conversations Mm -hmm. because when you're taking away that right and it is a it's a sin and it's the worst of the worst for you to have any kind of doubt again red flag as they were pointed out Uh, these are healthy conversations to have and having these people together all in a room was really healthy uh they even talked about how (laughs) this was a little bit of a behind the scenes i thought it was was cute they put in the episode that sarah and uh romy they were told they were not allowed to talk um prior to the show because they they really want this conversation to be really raw Mm -hmm. and if you have um these people talk before we kind of lose a little bit of TV magic. However, they were in the dressing room and they, they broke their silence and they talked a little bit. And uh, Sarah told her about her scar because she got branded. Mm-hmm. And that was th- honestly, I think, the best moment of the whole show for me because she said that Sammy just, um, I'm sorry, that Romy just looked at her and grabbed her hand. They said, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I completely agree because, and it makes sense that why she would be the one not to ask questions like everyone else is inquiring about. Well, why did they do it? How did they do it? How did you allow this to happen? Right. And it wasn't a judgmental thing. It was just a very comforting moment. And I agree. That was one of my absolute favorite parts, too. And they were handing each other tissues and, like, crying when each other was telling their stories. And you could just tell there was this sense of, like, camaraderie. Yeah. And and another thing that I thought was really 
interesting is that as they're de- going through the layers and talking more about each other's journey, it actually allowed them to have certain breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Elijah was talking about how he, as a child, were just was working all the time, and it was basically uh, child abuse. Um, what's the word that you use? Not really child abuse. It's it's a worker. It's against laws for workers right. against uh, child labor laws. Uh, and as he's telling these stories, we have a uh, Sammy who stops and who says, oh, my gosh, I, as you're saying this, I'm remembering that, wait, I was in the exact same situation. At 3 in the morning, I would wake up and I would have to work for them. And I, she kind of, because there's so much, to so many scars, that's one thing that she kind of forgot about. Yeah. Isn't that the, the craziest thing? It told her that conversation and 13 years later to remember that she was in that same situation. And it's something that she was like, oh, I wrote this off as it just being a part of my childhood. But when you hear someone else, like, vocalize something that happened, because I feel like oftentimes when it comes to yourself, like, even just the way we talk to ourselves in the mirror, like, you know, you tell yourself, like, you have to change this about your appearance or that about your appearance. But when someone else vocalizes about themselves, like, that's what hits you hard Mm -hmm. and kind of makes you turn the tables and be like, well, I would never want them to have to go through that, so why would I accept that for myself right we, when it comes to ourselves we rationalize a lot of things mm-hmm. that we probably shouldn't and this being one of them um so i think that these conversations again are so important yet you know for an audience who doesn't fully understand everything and for these survivors to yeah. see that this is these conversations need to happen and i i really commend a and e because this was a really strong show it was tough to watch sometimes every week i was just like okay i want to see this it's important it's not the most uplifting if we're being honest but again i think this was some really, really powerful television. Yeah, and, and we have a part two, right, next week. We Exactly, we do awesome. have a part two. Um, and we'll be covering that. And after Buzz, we also cover a lot more other shows. So if you want to take a break from the A&E docu-series and want something a little bit lighter, we ha- we got you covered on that. Actually, Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on at the network? Sure. So we actually produce shows for probably nearly every show on television and online in the digital space too from dramas reality tv sci-fi and more there's no network that works harder to serve television fans but now we need your help we're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our youtube channels by subscribing to our channel youtube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and will help afterbus continue to grow and if you're worried about pesky notifications don't be because they are optional so hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. This one's wrapping up, but we're still going to be all over your computer or wherever you stream. So we yeah. don't want to like lose contact with you guys because we love you guys that watch the show and comment. So let us know that you did that in the comments and we'll thank you on the air. And for now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you, guys. Again, yeah, there's so much. It, it's really helpful to to subscribe. I, I used to never really do it until the network told us, oh, this is, would be good for you. And it is because it, it irrigates all this content for you. So that way I don't mm-hmm. have to be on YouTube kind of searching like, oh, okay, what do I want to watch? It just comes to me. It's like a Netflix in a, yeah. in a way. Uh, so really, really urge you guys to do that. And, and it helps us. So thank for you sure. for that, too. Another thing I would like to discuss when it came to this episode um, was this uh, idea of them. They were discussing where they were at spiritually today. Oh, yeah. This was such an important question to me because it's a question I've had actually throughout the episodes. And I was really, really glad that they brought this up because after going through all this traumatic stuff, 
how do you still have, how does your faith remain? And what does your faith look like? Because there's this conflicting notion of, did you believe any, was it all lies or some of it that's real? Like, this was a really, really interesting conversation. That Were you surprised by these people's answers? A little bit, because all of them still believe in some sort of spiritual being. Like, none of them are atheists or anything, which I thought was interesting, because I figured that would be a lot more common. Yeah, I feel like Elijah kind of said he was an atheist. No, he didn't straight up label himself as that, but he was saying that he really has learned to just be appreciative of the moment and lives in the moment, and he just loves his family, and he just wants to be the best person he can be, and that religion or just spirituality wasn't really for him. So none of their outlooks were really bleak though either, which was like the cool thing. Like I I really enjoyed when Sammy was talking about how she was driving past that billboard and it said hope and that's been one of the most important words for her. I, Mm -hmm. I really liked that moment. I think that's like all of their philosophies in a way. It's just like I wanna live my life and help other people and not hurt anyone in the process. And they don't judge anyone else for, you know, being part of organized religion. That's just not really their thing. Because, of course, you're going to have trust issues after this. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? And even, um, who said this? This was Sammy who said this. Actually, just kidding. It was Romy who said this. (laughs) She said that there's uh, 10,000 religions and there's 10,000 ways to take your money. So organized religion is just not something in the cards for her. But she does believe in some kind of energy and higher power. Uh, but organized religion, not for her. And right. I, th- I, I understand that completely. And I, I feel like I kind of relate to that per- on a personal level. Same. Um, so it was really interesting to have those conversations. And um, I really just, I'm really hopeful for these people. And I feel like they're going to be a great support system for each other. Another thing that they all seem to relate about was survivor's guilt. Mm which I thought was really interesting because it's something, it's kind of like the war, right? You, there are people who survive and they they have this guilt of like, why why did I make it and not this person? Why has my life taken a turn for the better and not these, all these other people are stuck there? And you have to, li- it's just reinforces this idea that yes, you, you do leave a cult and you're free in a sense, but in another sense, you're never completely free because you have all this stuff, all this baggage that sticks with you and survivor's guilt being one of them. Did you ever think of survivor's guilt when it comes to leaving cults? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think the analogy you made with, like, the war is a pretty good one because like you said, it's like, why do I, you know, kind of get to be free now? Why did I see this and other people are still there suffering or didn't have the courage to, you know, break out? And I think that's that's a really good point. And I wasn't really surprised by it. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me because I feel like I would probably feel the same way. Yeah. I Yeah, I think it's it's tough. But again, as you mentioned earlier, the word hope is a really important word uh, for everybody out there and uh, especially for Sammy because she was saying that she just she hopes to be reunited with her family and even Sarah says that she hopes to just free more and more people and this idea of hope is still really within them yeah. and that made things leave at least on on a happier note and a lighter note that you know there's always hope for a better future and i really really hope that these people get to have a better future and yeah. lift themselves up but um, and lead other people to the better future which they're obviously trying to do yeah. and i think they'll be successful yeah I, I you know what i really think so too because it takes a lot a lot of courage to go out and regardless of your situation 
being on camera is not, you know, the most comfortable thing for most people. Mm-hmm. Being on a docu-series, it's not the most comfortable thing. And having to expose so much of yourself, so much deep, deep-rooted uh, wounds just out to the world. Just, I'm telling you, just, like, kudos to them because that was just such, such bravery. Yeah. And, again, hopefully this will allow people to have a better future. So, so thankful to Amy. So thankful to everyone we saw tonight. Is there um, anything you would like to bring up before we head into our special segment and our news and updates? I think that we about covered it. Yeah, we yeah. will be back again, as we said, uh, for part two of the Survivors episode. Uh, but before then, let's head into our special segment that Taylor has prepared for us. So tell us, what is this special segment? Yeah, so we decided to do something a little bit different this time since we didn't really focus specifically on just one cult so um we thought it would be cool to bring your attention to some other famous cults um that we might be able to see in season two if it gets renewed and ones that i'd be really interested to see so i have three for you um so the charles manson murders and cult is one of like the most famous ones in American history. There was, there's been like several documentary series and fictional TV series. I know Aquarius is kind of based off of that from NBC. So basically the Manson Colts called themselves Helter Skelter, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they also called themselves the family. And basically what they tried to do was instigate a race war through murders of white people. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's one of them. That's like, that's in a like I said in a lot of popular media, so you can definitely find a lot of fictional accounts of that. Heaven's Gates were a cult that believed the human soul is carried in a spaceship after death into the other dimension. So they were big into UFOs, and we haven't seen a lot of UFO cults. No, we haven't at which all. Which I would love to see a UFO cult because that seems really interesting. And also the People's Temple, also known as the Jonestown Massacre. So this one is where the phrase, like, drinking the Kool-Aid comes from. Mm -hmm. Because Jim Jones kind of, um, like, forced, encouraged his followers to commit suicide by drinking a mixture of the powdered soft drink flavored agent laced with cyanide and other prescription drugs. Wow. So, yeah, drinking the Kool-Aid cre- came from that. That is insane. I had no idea. It's funny because there's all these expressions you never really think much of. You're like, yeah. oh, just it's a common saying. That is chilling. I cannot believe that. Thank you so much for sharing that with of us, course. Taylor. Yeah, I would love to see all three of these just be delved into. Yeah, yeah. And again, I have to say, I'm really pushing. I need a show. So I don't know if it's a document. I would love it for it to be a documentary. Um, even potentially a scripted show of just a new life, life after a cult. Right, because we have Kimmy Schmidt, but that's like really comedic. Yeah, that we do have Kimmy Schmidt, which, is, which uh, if you haven't seen, I really recommend. It's very comedic. It's really funny. We do a really great after show here too, so check that out as well. Um, but yeah, it's a little. T- it's not. It's giving me what I. It's entertaining me, but it's not fully giving me what I need when it comes exactly, to this. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a. I'm telling you, dude. Writers, directors, producers, Hollywood people. There's something here. There's the demand by at least two people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really... So, yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Of course. Let's head into some news. Yes. Let's head into news. 
What you got, Taylor? All right, so news was actually really quiet this week on all of these cults, but I did manage to find some on the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. So the Jehovah's Witnesses are actually planning a lot of conventions around the world, which okay. is interesting. I'm not even sure what would go on at a Jehovah's Witness convention. Yeah, but let's not promote those too much. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> we won't promote them. But I just that was like a trend that I found in a lot of news sources, which was you know what? I'm telling you, it's just this show's coming out. These conversations like we're having today are more and more apparent. It's in the news. So when you see your cult being threatened, what do you do? You double down. It's true. So they're double downing and they're getting these con- conventions, getting people together, trying to re- put the troops together and reinforce these notions of this is why we are who we are and this cult is the best thing ever. So yeah. I'm not surprised. That was an interesting one. Also, Jehovah's Witnesses... Um, are fleeing Russia to seek shelter in Finland because last year the Russian government actually declared them an extremist organization. So they're kind of being forced out into different areas, which was kind of interesting. It's interesting that some of these are like based really in the United States and some of them are worldwide. Yeah, I mean, that some of these are, as we came to find out, are super, super powerful. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, we just, you gotta, gotta be careful what's yeah. out there. That's about all I found for this week, but, but I don't thank know. you for Hopefully, that. I, I hope we get some legal updates in you know the ones that are having legal action. Well, yeah, because the Nexium right now is kind of we, we talked in more in depth about that in our first episode. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. Um, but they're waiting for trial. Uh, we everything's just yeah kind of on hold, and it, as soon as we have updates, we'll make sure to let you guys know um and we'll do so uh on instagram actually so you guys uh thank you so much for tuning in in the meantime you can follow me on instagram <laughs> at bonjour juliet uh i'll be uh, sharing any more information that comes in uh, once we do have that taylor where can people find you you guys can find me on twitter at alphaba underscore and instagram at taylor underscore gates underscore i also host the hundred after show every tuesday at 10 younger every wednesday at 10 and lawn owner svu every thursday at 8 although we are taking a break this week for that one. Oh, cool very very cool um i, I have watched your uh, that show and i have to say you are amazing in it so Thank really you. really like recommend that and i'm not just saying that because she's my co-host and then uh, i'm right here <laughs> <laughs> another thing i do before we do completely go i want to let you know we're going to be covering the sacred lies uh after show here it's a facebook watch show that's actually a scripted show on mm. cults so oh, make wow. sure to follow us uh as we dissect that uh, within the coming weeks um and yeah thanks again so much for watching and we'll see you next week bye Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later.